You good? What's going on, you guys? I'm Ronnie. This is Amanda. And this is Ground Zero. Welcome to Ground Zero. So, did you enjoy your drink there? What's going on? We are back tonight uh, with a true crime episode. Ooh. Spoopy. Uh-oh. Yeah. Spoopy? Yep. Oh, no. It's a crazy one. Oh, no. Yep. So. This goes along with our dog man episode. Yep. So. <laughs> Werewolf. Yep. Which is pretty crazy. Um, so you okay. want to just go ahead and start it? You ready? You want to take another sip of your coffee? Ooh, yeah. Before we get going? Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You ready? All right. Now I'm really hot. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have air in this house. Oh, yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> yes. I love it. Drinking coffee without AC. Off the grid. In the middle of the summer. Yeah. Let me see what temperature it is in here. Yes, yeah, so check the humidity too. Make sure it's at least 92% humidity. Okay. See? 515. I yeah. keep seeing these patterns all the time. You're going crazy. 515. Oh, no, it's 516. Yeah, it's okay. But I keep seeing like 343, 252, yeah. 838, 404. No. I saw that today. I think that was an error code. I think that's when I was having the error problems. I saw it on there. It was 404. Oh. See? Yeah. Over there, on the oven, 616. So what time is it? Is it 616 or is it 516? This, um, on this here, what is this? Thermometer? Thermometer? Okay, anyway, 78 degrees. Okay. 68% humidity. And I feel it. Do you feel it over there? I feel it, yeah. It's like a swamp in it's here. It's like a sauna. <laughs> yeah. We have so many plants. Like, we're turning this into, like, the rainforest. It feels like the rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. All right. I think we're ready now, right? Maybe. I'm still sweaty. I know. Oh, you just wait. You're going to be sweating even more as we get into this. Maybe I'm sweaty because I'm scared. That could be it, yeah. In the city of Medicine Hat, Canada. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were going to start singing. In the city. City of God. <laughs> <laughs> I should have started it that way. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's the sign of a heat stroke. You're getting delusional. 
<laughs> sweating so bad. All right. Here okay. we go. All right. Fine. In go. the city of Medicine Hat, Canada. <laughs> Medicine Hat. Girl, come on. <laughs> Medicine Hat. All right. Okay. What kind of name is that? I don't know. Anyway. I don't first know. First of all. It's definitely different. Medicine Hat. Well, it goes back to um, the Native Americans in that area. No. And what kind of name is Medicine Hat? I don't know. What does that even mean? Medicine Hat. What's a Medicine Hat? Well, it's like shortened from Medicine Man Hat. Like the natives in the area. Name. I don't know. <laughs> Fine. All right. Go. In the city of Medicine Hat, Canada, located in the beautiful Saskatchewan River Valley, resides a community of 63,000 residents and climbing. The beautiful city sits southeast of Alberta and adjacent to the town of Redcliffe. Many people... Many people who live there enjoy sitting outside, taking in the rolling hills and breathtaking valleys. It was a city where many enjoyed day parks, camping, canoeing on the Saskatchewan River. Other activities included golfing, going to the mall, restaurants, and bars. It was a very thriving city and one that had very low crime rate. That was until April 23rd, 2006, where three bodies would be discovered inside a residence home. Uh Oh. Oh. What happened, Ryan? I'll tell you. It gets insane. Jasmine Richardson was a 12-year-old girl who early on was very happy and outgoing. As time went on, something changed within her. She was no longer the happy, outgoing girl her family knew. Instead, she drew in and her life went from very light and positive to very dark, disturbing, and negative. Hmm. She began with small things like wearing makeup to make herself appear older. Her appearance changed and she began embracing the gothic looking lifestyle. Okay. Which is pretty dope. I mean, I think we all kind of went through that phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Um, Not long after, she began going online, making different social media accounts, one of which was a website called vampirefreaks.com. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Getting into it. I think I'm part of that page. It seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Are you a vampire freak? I'd say I could be a vampire freak. On that website, she listed her age a few years older than she was, saying that she was 15 years old. She ended up meeting a man by the name of Jeremy Stank. They met at... Stank? Yeah, Stank. 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 Hmm. Yeah. 
what he's about to do is going to stink. Oh, yeah. He's going to live up to his name. Oh, yeah. They met at a punk rock show and began talking and communicating back and forth on the Vampire Freaks website. But he was the type, I guess, he was always into younger girls. Um, Jeremy Stanks was 23 years old at the time, so he was about 11 years older than Holy Jasmine. Moly. Yeah. 12-year-old and a 23-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's annoying, though. Yep. Uh, Jeremy didn't have the best upbringing like Jasmine did with her family, with his mother being an alcoholic and her partner being abusive towards him, his life was heading into a spiral. Kids at school started bullying him, and before he met Jasmine, he made a couple attempts to end it all. By the age of 13, he himself took on the goth look and started wearing what looked like a vial of blood around his neck. Yeah. And... He had claimed to be a 300-year-old werewolf. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. heck? Yeah, so... Oh, by the way, I'm actually a 300-year-old werewolf. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's hard to believe, um, but... You never know. These yeah. days. You never know. You never know. He identifies as a 300-year-old. That's what I'm saying, yeah. What do you identify as? Well, actually, a 300-year-old werewolf. Which is pretty dope. I mean, if you're going to identify as anything, I mean, a werewolf would be one to go for. Yeah. But I'm surprised that since he was on Vampire Freaks, you would have thought he would have identified as a vampire. Hmm. It's a missed opportunity. He's like a hybrid. Can be. Like a werewolf-vampire hybrid. Yeah. I think you're onto something. Because, yeah, vampire would need blood, like the vile blood. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he's a hybrid. Hmm. Interesting. When the parents of Jasmine, Mark and Deborah, found out about Jasmine and Jeremy's relationship, they were upset and they forbid them from continuing into seeing each other and talking to each other. Angry at her parents because they were in love, they weren't going to let her parents keep them apart. On April 23rd, 2006, Jasmine wrote to Jeremy via email, I have a plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Wow. So that's pretty steep. I mean, they were they were dedicated. Jeremy was acceptive of the idea and replied with, Well, I love your plan, but we need to get more creative on the details and stuff. Okay. Yeah, this is... It's crazy. Oh, boy. Jeremy then wrote on his blogging platform, Payment... My lover's parents are totally unfair. They say that they care. They don't know what's going on. They just assume. Their throats, I want to slit. 
Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is going off the rails. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yep. According to Jasmine's friends, she had told them her plan of killing her parents, but they just thought she was kidding because her family was so loving and nurturing. They would never believe Jasmine would be serious. What happens next may be disturbing to some of you guys. Um, so just FYI. Listener's discretion is advised. Yes. So it's, it's going to get crazy. A few weeks later, on the night before the murders, Jasmine and Jeremy had watched the Oliver Stone's 1994 film Natural Born Killers which is a film about a young couple who had traumatic childhoods growing up. They meet and become lovers and went on a killing spree, killing 52 people across the United States. Holy moly. So it's kind of like they're trying to recreate it in a way, you know, they're, they're acting like they had, you know, this bad childhood, they meet, they're in love, and now they want to kill. I don't know, it's weird. It's like they're... I can't figure out how someone could have that kind of mindset to kill that way like to well yeah to kill any in just, any way just because well I mean yeah I mean <laughs> like self defense is one thing yeah um but, but like just I don't understand it either it's probably a good thing we don't understand it yeah true um I just I just can't see how anyone thinks that way no April 23rd, 2006. It was a quiet night in the residential area of Medicine Hat, just like any other typical evening. Mark and Deborah sitting down in their living room, having a relaxing evening while Jasmine and her brother, Jacob, were upstairs. The night went on, and Mark and Deborah headed off to bed. Later on that night, Deborah wakes up to a noise. She climbs out of bed and goes to investigate when she finds the noise coming from the basement. <coughs> Getting choked up. Oh, God. Okay. You okay? Yeah. Okay. It's too hot in here. Yeah. 80 degrees now. She opened the door to the basement, flips on the light switch, and when she gets down there, she discovers a masked intruder huddled down in a dark corner. The intruder would in turn be Jeremy Stank. Surprised by Deborah encountering him, he went into overkill. Wielding a large knife, he attacked Deborah and repeatedly began stabbing her over and over a total of 12 times, including a, dark, uh, including a large deep gash piercing her heart. With all the commotion going on, it alerted Mark and he rushed down into the basement, concerned for Deborah's well-being. Once he got down to the bottom steps, he sees his wife Deborah lying on the ground with pulling blood around her. The intruder looks to Mark and immediately goes to attack him. Adrenaline was pounding through Mark's body and his eyes scrambling around the room looking for something, anything, to defend himself. He sees a screwdriver and grabs it, hoping and praying that it'll be enough to fight off this intruder. 
He fought as hard as he could. He knew he had to, not just for his wife, who was lying there, but his two kids, who were upstairs. But he was overpowered. After each stab, he lost more and more strength, until he couldn't hold on anymore. Jeremy stabbed him uncontrollably a total of 24 times, including his eye, neck, chest, and groin. Oh my god. It was like overkill. Yeah. After the attacks in the basement, Jeremy walks up the stairs into the main living area of the home, slowly making his way to the second floor. And he enters Jacob's room. The next day around 1.30 in the afternoon, one of Jacob's friends stopped by the Richardson's home, knocking on the door and waiting there with no answer. The only thing he knew to do was peep into the windows to see if anyone was around. He looked through the windows on the lower level, which would have been the basement windows, and that's when he believes he saw a body. Scared of what he saw, he quickly alerts his mother and that's when she notifies the police. Inspector Brent Sekundiak, I may be butchering that, um, <laughs> arrived on scene. He immediately took to the window where the boy described seeing a body. The inspector did in fact see a body on the ground in the basement and quickly radioed in for backup. As they entered the home, they were shocked by their discovery. With their weapons drawn, they quickly made their way to the basement to check for any survivors. When they got down into the basement, they discovered Deborah's body laying in an unnatural position with her nightgown pulled up above her waist, indicating something more than just the gruesome murder may have happened. Both Mark and Deborah were found there in the basement with a pool of blood underneath their bodies. Trails of blood were found on the walls and on a light switch in the basement. As the officers and inspector further investigated the home, they made their way into Jacob's bedroom. Blood was splattered on his toys, walls, and floor. Jacob was found on his bed with his throat cut open and blood soaking through his sheets and mattress. What the heck? Yeah. Like they're like psychotic. Alarmed at the massacre that took place and Jasmine nowhere to be found, the police put out an Amber Alert to try to find her. She was never considered a suspect at least she wasn't until the police investigated further and found the emails and communication Jasmine had had with Jeremy. Along with a locker search at her school, finding a disturbing drawing of a depiction of her family being murdered by setting their home on fire, it was then that the police had a lead and were on the hunt. Jasmine and Jeremy believed now that her parents were out of the picture, they were able to live happily ever after. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But the police 
were soon able to find them in Leader, Saskatchewan, which was only about 130 kilometers or 80 miles away from Medicine Hat. Once in custody, they interrogated them, and what was said is both sad and disturbing. It would turn out the night Jeremy entered the home, he was heavily intoxicated from both drugs and alcohol. After stabbing Mark repeatedly, the last words Mark heard before exhaling his last breath were the words, this is what your daughter wanted. Wow. <clears throat> After murdering her parents and going upstairs to he met Jasmine at Jacob's door. Upon entering, they cornered Jacob, and that's when Jacob began pleading for his life. Please don't kill me. I'm scared. I'm too young to die, Jacob said, so scared and terrified, unable to understand why this was happening. Jeremy and Jasmine both decided that Jacob was too sensitive, and it wouldn't be fair to let him live with no parents so ultimately jasmine took a large knife and stabbed him in his chest and then into his throat <clears throat> jasmine would receive three counts of first degree murder and because she was a minor at 12 years old she was she would be sentenced to tw to uh, 10 years jeremy would receive three life sentences for the three murders and his sentences would be served concurrently meaning simultaneously and would be eligible for parole in 25 years i still can't believe that she was 12 yeah 12 years old and all because yes. her parents didn't want her to date this older guy that's an adult they come up with this plan, this crazy, evil plan. I just don't understand how people think this way. Like, 12 years old. Yeah. I mean, when I was 12 years old, I sure wasn't thinking about murder. And then that way. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, like you see, like, okay, so when I was a kid, let me explain myself so I don't sound all crazy. Like when I was a kid, you know, watching scary movies and stuff like that, I witnessed murder, but I don't think about murder as something that is okay to do. Yeah, and then you want to go out and do that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I could, like as a kid. Or I if you get mad at your parents, you... Yeah, plan to like kill them all no it's nuts like I just don't understand how that's possible for anyone to do I know it's insane especially 12 years old and it's like first of all why was the dude even with her yeah Like they met, they met at that uh, rock why, concert, but why did he want to date a twelve-year-old? I don't know. That's I, just sick. It was just sick 
I don't know. Just But six, he always six, went six. after, like, younger girls, like 16, 17. But and, 12? But see, she was lying, saying That's that like she was 15. Kid. And even at 15, even if he knew 15, He's why? 23. That's what I mean. I don't know. Maybe he had some sick way of thinking, like, he's getting away with dating a minor. In some weird way. Maybe. That's the story. That's um, just... It's pretty crazy. Now uh, she she was released. Um, I think she's under a new name now in some location away from where she lived. So she's out now somewhere under a new name. Um. <laughs> but it's crazy to think if you have that much thought... In preparation, you don't need to be let back out. No. Because uh, yeah. even I, if you're 12 years old, you put that much thought into it, you committed those acts. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed out, regardless of your age. Yeah. So I just think that's crazy. It is. Let's see. But yeah, that's the story. Pretty insane. Um, if you guys enjoyed this um, and would like to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on different music platforms where this will be uploaded to, um, we definitely appreciate all your support. Um, if you guys have your own stories, crazy stories, scary stories, um, just anything strange, um, you can email us at groundzeropodcasts at gmail.com or you can message us on different social media platforms. Uh, we would definitely enjoy reading your stories. But that's going to do it for this episode. We thank you guys again. Good night.